Okay. Hello, hello. This is Lady Angelo here, uh, talking uh, to again. Uh, continuing on the series, uh, it's addressing the issue of starting drawing, beginning drawing exercise. Specifically, more specifically, uh, drawing from observation, which is a, a very, very, very specific task and uh, skill. So, talking around this idea, uh, ad nauseum, as is my want, I uh, covered for a moment there uh, uh, whether or not, uh, uh, how to begin said drawing. I'm no, I don't know how good a job I did, but I think it's important to start over. I don't want to start uh, uh, from the very beginning, but I do want to say that one of the first considerations with starting a drawing, even if you're just looking at a stack of uh, card, cardboard boxes there, uh, the first thing you're going to want to consider is your composition. And your composition is uh, essentially, as I've, I've talked about, how you design the space in which you're going to be working, the frame as it's known. Or the picture plane, as it's also known. Uh, how do you design within that space? Using the edge. Now, the edge is a very important um, aspect to the frame. Uh, objects are, in fine art, as they say, in conversation with the edge. There's a dialogue there uh, between the edge uh, of the frame. Uh, there's a dialogue between object that's maybe cut off by the frame or cropped, as we say in photography. Uh, there's a dialogue there. Something that's cropped is saying a different thing than something that isn't cropped. So the frame is a very important consideration. Designing within the frame, I've called staging. That is uh, when you're when you actually have the ability to move the objects around. When you're just observing something like a scene or a still life that some instructor set up for you, and you don't have the potential to move it around, uh, you could consider the staging as an aspect to your framing, but you don't um, you don't really have a lot of control over it. So all you can really do is control where you put those objects inside of your frame. Your your frame is your world, and you define. Uh, the uh, the uh, boundaries of your world, right? Different decisions about composition lead to different feelings about the drawing itself. And I don't mean feelings as the creator. I mean feelings as the viewer. Uh, placing a stack of boxes in a very small scale in the corner has a different feeling than... Uh, making them as large as possible and maybe even cropping some of them out or some of them going out of the frame there's a different feeling completely different feeling so the composition in the design here also the angle of viewing those all play a role in the decision making you have to do when you're creating a composition and that's where you start with a composition now there's a lot to say about composition that I will go into in a different uh, conversation. But the most important thing I want to understand about observational drawing is how to start once a composition has been decided. So let's talk about the deciding what a composition looks like. You start with a frame, and then you use a, a technique that I've heard referred to as enveloping, although I hate that. So why did I bring it up? Who knows? Really, it's a sort of a finding the exterior edges 
of the thing you're looking at. And I talked about this before. If you've got a vertical stack, you turn your paper vertical, hello. If you've got a horizontal stack, you turn your paper horizontal, unless you want to use the horizontal space to define how it feels to have a vertical drawing in one corner or a vertical uh, a subject matter in one corner of a very long horizontal composition that feels a certain way. So those are the decisions you make first. How do I orient my paper and what do I want to do? And I would suggest you try them all. <clears throat> the great exercise is just to uh, give yourself the limitation of only doing rough compositions for a period of time. As many as you can do. Maybe you fit them all on one sheet of paper. I don't know. Uh, you give yourself a rough frame and you start going. You just try it out. So what would that exercise look like? The very first thing you're going to do is you're going to decide where in the space that you're placing your main subject matter. And I'm, go I'm operating under the assumption here that you're working with, with, a, with a simple thing like a still life or a, or a stack or a human bee figure or whatever. Something that has a, pri there's a primary focus here. A, a composition with several focuses is a different animal. It will, it, that's a different conversation. But we're working with a simple, sim single subject matter uh, composition. It, it's relatively simple. You pick a corner. That's a, that's a good way to go. Uh, okay, I'm going to pick the left corner. Left bottom, left top, right bottom, right top. How about center? How about center top, center bottom? How about slightly offset from center? How about filling the entire space? Those are all valid considerations one can make. Uh, those are all valid compositions. There aren't that many, honestly. If you think about it, you could, you could probably number them one through ten and figure out how many variations on this or that you could do. Okay, once you've done that, you can start drawing. And how do you do that? Well, if you're working within a frame, first things first, is it a vertical composition? You would decide where your top and bottom are in the vertical composition, in the area that you want to compose this particular subject matter. Where does it go? Let's, let's operate under the assumption I'm putting it uh, left uh, bottom corner, okay? And it's going to take up roughly two-thirds of the uh, vertical uh, space in the paper. And uh, yeah, that's about that, that like that. And, and offset, you know, like on the, on, the, on the left. Okay. Decision made. Make a small tick mark at the bottom. Give yourself a little margin. Margins are important in graphic design and printing, and they're also important in a drawer. Here's why. Practically, and this is going to sound gross, when you go to frame something, uh, if you've drawn it too close to the edge, you don't have any room for your mat. Just a practical consideration alone will help you make a decision. Uh, artistically, creatively, some, sometimes things need a little space from the edge. And like I've said, there's a dialogue between edge and subject. It's a dialogue. The closer something is to the edge, the more in conversation it is with the edge. You don't believe me? Try it out. Put something right on the edge. There's no way not to... Be aware of the edge as soon as you put a subject right on the edge of the paper or the frame. There's no way not to be aware of the edge. It feels a certain way. It feels uncomfortable. Or it feels tense. Or it feels like it's about to slip. 
there's a there's a feeling there. So that means the edge means something. And I psychologically it has meaning. So it's important to understand your conversation with the edge. The subject is in dialogue with the edge. So if you want a comfortable composition where one doesn't have a specific awareness of the edge, it's important to give it a little bit of breathing room within the edge. So I suggest you give yourself a little margin. Unless you want that tension. And that tension is a different conversation. Give yourself a little breathing room from the bottom. Give yourself a little breathing room from the left. And you're in a comfortable place to block out, as they say, the overall structure of what you're looking at. And at this point, you're not looking at the interior lines. You're not looking at all the detail. You're very, you're, you're big picture. Like if you, had, if you flipped off the lights and you could barely see the room, would you be able to see the silhouette of that subject in distance there? That's the kind of thing you're looking to draw at this stage. The silhouette, the edges, the outside boundaries of the space that that subject takes up. And then an awareness of all of the negative spaces, they say, around that object. That's what you're looking for. Now, how do you do that? Well, as I say, once you've defined your frame, once you've decided where in the frame you're composing your subject, you find the middle point of the subject in real time, in real space. And you do that with that exercise I outlined before. It's called... Um, Jeez, what is that called? Why do things slip out of my head when I need them? Just when I'm trying to sound smart and learned, something just slips and I'm like, Buh? Do what? The who now? What? It's called sighting. Sighting technique. Sighting is where you use a tool of some sort. You hold it out in front of your friggin' nose and you mark on the tool where the certain, uh, you take measurements basically using that tool that's floating out in front of your face, right? I've told you about that before. You extend your arm, you hold out a drawing implement, you use your fingers to mark a space that's halfway up or halfway down the subject you're drawing. Find the midpoint. As I've said, if it's a vertical subject, you find the vertical midpoint, then the horizontal midpoint. If it's a horizontal Object, stack of boxes or, or a mess of boxes as it were if it's if it's horizontal you'll find the horizontal midpoint first because that's the one that takes up the most space yes once you find a horizontal or vertical midpoint you're able to look at the space that you've mapped out on a paper for your composition and find the midpoint on that space too now you could do this in reverse order it doesn't matter because the, the goal is to work from very large to very small. Always be thinking in that order. Large decisions to small decisions. Don't start with an eyeball. Don't start with a nostril. Don't start with your dog's cute little furry ears or whatever. You start with the midpoint and you block in the very large object. The exterior shape. Why do we do this exercise? What's that for? Let me tell you. As if I wasn't going to. Uh, the point of this is so that you can be very conscious of the decisions you make in your composition and in your framing. If you start by just drawing whatever at whatever random size, 
in whatever random place you end up starting. And for human beings, it's very often right in the middle with, with the thing we're most interested in. So if the thing you're most interested in is the model's left nipple, you're going to start in the center with the model's left nipple, and then what? You can have a drawing of a nipple. Excellent. Congratulations. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. But look, the point was to get the whole figure in there, right? With mutual respect to all of her uh, subjective parts there. So, <clears throat> important to sort of keep it all in mind and keep it in a relationship. Well, that relationship starts with the overall, not with the interior space, okay? So it's very important to be aware of the frame, to be aware of where things sit inside of the frame, and to be aware consciously of where in the frame we place our subject and, and whether or not it fits. And before you start drawing all the detail textures and all that stuff, you should have a drawing that feels balanced and harmonious. And you can see that with just a few marks on the paper, right? It's very simple to see whether something, whether a composition works or not with just the boundary lines. Several tick marks. That's what that would look like. I'm just making tick marks. I'm, I'm drawing a very rough, very light outline of uh, this shape, the overall shape, the silhouette, as he said. Uh, in in uh, uh, contour drawing, you'd just be drawing the outline. I always hate contour drawing, but this is the exercise. Find the boundaries. So that now you have a very rough, very large, blocky thing in one in the left uh, lower third of your paper where you wanted it. Now take a look at that. How does that feel? How does that shape feel there? Before you continue, is that the right composition? Does that feel the way you want it to feel? Does that... Does it have too much here or too much there? And if you're at, if you're at all trained aesthetically, and we all are, even from even without formal training, we're all aesthetically tuned because of our culture. But so uh, you do have some awareness of these things, even if it's just a, 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 a an instinct. Follow that. How does that feel? Does it feel different if I try it a different way? And don't be afraid to try it a different way. And this is really. This gets to the point of the exercise of getting out of your own damn way. We're often in our own way. Like, it's got to be right the first time. No, absolutely not. It doesn't have to be right the first time. You, you just try it again. And you, you put the other one away. You turn it over and you use the back. Or you compose in a sketchbook. Really small. And then when you feel like it's right at a small scale, you blow it the fuck up. Who cares? Right? Why are we so worried about this? See, people all the time, they get all wrapped up in whether or not they got it right the first time. Nobody gets anything right the first time. That's why we all get reincarnated, or we should. <laughs> See, we can keep trying. That's all we're good at as people, right, is try. We're not very good at getting things right. But certainly attempting is in our, uh, our wheelhouse. Oh, that was a compact little thing there. Was that good? I don't know, probably not. But see... I make my point. I demonstrate my point right here. I'll try it again. If, it, if this one don't work, I'll try it again. It's all practice. It's all for the good. Okay. Ah, uh, that's all I got right now. I think that's a good uh, thing for that. Oh, I'm exhausted. A lot going on. A lot in my mind. Been, been waking up.
in the, in the sweats, getting the cold sweats in the morning. I, I don't know. Is that is that good or bad? Yeah, it's good to be stimulated sometimes, but it starts to get you weary. As, as uh, 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 I don't know, as Bernie Mac, that's who it was. Bernie Mac used to say, I think, uh, 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 the mind is willing, but the body weary. And he right, the body weary. I tell you. Uh, or the spirit is willing, but the body weary. I can't pull that off, Bernie. Well, who, who got more weary than Bernie? God bless you, Bernie, wherever you are. I hope you're making somebody laugh somewhere. All right. Uh, that's that. Uh, all right. This is Leonard Angelo.